Hello and welcome in to the 20th episode of the Promo Guy podcast, brought to you by Mojo, the stock market for sports. Mojo is the sports stock market offering probability-based odds, live cash outs, and a one-of-a-kind player prop selection. And now, big announcement is, the creators of Sunday Slams, Mojo, are bringing you an all-new way to play DFS. Sign up using code TPG for a 100% deposit match up to $100. And we'll also be giving away $118. I don't know why they picked that number. Uh, to someone who uses my code TPG and likes my tweet that mentions it. So you'll see that giveaway up uh, Well, by the time you're listening to this for sure. Um, yeah, so the big news, Mojo now launching DFS in a whole lot of states. Obviously... They're not just a sponsor, but they're a company I've been very high on, especially with how they handled Sunday Slams. The feedback was really great just on customer service and you know, not trying to screw you on terms and just how they handled everything so well. And the fact that they offered such a great promo, uh, understanding that you know that's the best way to get people on their app. Uh, I expect CFS services to be really great and uh, I'm excited for people to use it. Uh, so I guess a little bit of the elephant in the room, uh, Sleeper had been announced as a sponsor the last few episodes uh, due to a payment dispute, I guess you could say. Uh, we are no longer going to be promoting them on the podcast. Uh, still have the TPG code if you want to sign up. I mean, the app that, you know, everything we said about the app is true and we're positive on it. Just, uh, not someone we want, not exactly uh, who we want to be promoting given the uh, dispute. Um, so anyway, uh, Nick, how are you? What an ad read, what an intro. Welcome <laughs> to the football season. Let's go Mojo. And I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about some Thursday night football, even though when most people listen to this, uh, that game will have already happened. I'm excited when everyone besides Hank listens to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh let's not waste any time. Let's jump right in. Let's hit me with the state of the stack this week. Cool. Yeah, state of the stack. Uh start with the Discord. Honestly, one of the better weeks I can remember in the Discord, to be honest. Um, particularly on Caesars, MGM, and Barstool. Caesars, we hit, I think, four out of the five, 33% boosts, and they were all plus money or decently plus money. Um, we also hit that four-leg parlay, which was Discord slash Twitter. Uh, we hit, I, I posted a home run boost on, on the Discord. People got it, then it died before going to Twitter. I posted the replacement on Discord and Twitter, and that hit. So for the second, so we've hit our last four now uh home run plays uh mgm was probably the best of the three books despite how great caesars was we were hitting parlay boosts and the college football boosts uh the 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 15 went well we had a free bet it was a it was a really big week on mgm i like it's been it's been a crazy month or so there but but you know that college football day was was big time for it and then Barstool, we hit the the college football so close parlay, you know, the plus 400 one. We hit free bet there, uh, and we hit another baseball parlay, I want to say. I forget what the what the promo was, but honestly, one of the better weeks, I would say, that we've had, and it really helps. I mean, it helps in the Pets win, but it really helps that so many books are stepping up. I mean, MGM has really stepped up. You know, I put them number one in the EV rankings, and... They've only further cemented that with in the last week or two. Um, so, and then the bets have gone really well, which helps. So that's that's you know a great way to add value to the Discord. Uh, and then Caesars, just by the nature of how quickly they nerf stuff, I kind of well. Also, they had the thirty three percent boost, which I guess were on their own. But I kind of post up there, then they die, and then I have to do a placement on Twitter. But all the stuff that's, that's been hitting Discord's been doing really well. So awesome week there. Uh, it was a good week on Twitter. Uh, we 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 did college football with so many bad beats, but the uh, the plus seven hundred paid for all of them and more. Fanduel parlay that we hit, and then um, I, I should have gone through it before we started. But then the the home run pl 
play, the Julio Rodriguez the other day was sort of the other big hit as well as the, oh, we had the, the, the plus 590 MLB parlay, although DraftKings has admittedly been kind of flat or struggled, you know, down a bit this week. Uh, but Fandle did well. And then uh, Caesars, we hit that that parlay that I mentioned and the home run bet that I mentioned. So that's sort of been uh, carrying it. And so that's how we've been doing. Good week, especially in the Discord. And, oh, I guess one plug for the Discord is your first month goes to charity if you sign up before Sunday. Uh, that's the Dinger Tuesday project. For those of you who don't remember, uh, we raised, what was it, 15000 and change last year via people's first month signups. And we were able to do a, um, a project in Africa, which went really great. We basically used solar power to power um, like a hospital. Um, so we're looking to do something similar. So far, we have raised about 20000 So we are ahead of that. I'm hoping to really get that number up so that we can do um, more good. Uh, and so that is the state of stack. Uh, I'm really excited about how many promos there are. I said last week, you know, I've done, I did a mini victory lap of like, you know, everybody saying EV betting was dead. And then there was an overwhelming amount of promos and boosts last week. It is unsurprisingly even bigger this week. Uh, I'm going to have a Dimers article up, but here are my notes for it. I'm going to go really quick Nick, because I know he's probably going to get mad at me about how long I'm rambling. Nah, keep going. Bet365 has one plus passing touchdown for Goff and Mahomes tonight. Minus 550 to plus 100. FanDuel, NFL Super Bowl promo. Chiefs-Lions, profit boost token. Chiefs-Lions boost, I just tweeted out. It's like 30% EV um, for a plus 100. It's a really strong boost. Uh, The Make the Playoffs boost. Alabama-Texas profit boost token. Two college football profits boost. Profit boost tokens and a 50% Chiefs Lions boost. I might have said that one twice. DraftKings. Oh, and an NFL no sweat, no sweat week one on FanDuel. So that's just FanDuel. DraftKings plus 200 plus boost on the Super Bowl winner. NFL no sweats Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. We've had three happy hour boosts so far. Uh, I thought there was more than that on DraftKings. Maybe I need to update this. Caesar Super Bowl promo, uh, happy hour boost. And now there's a SGP boost. Like it is overwhelming um and i haven't even gotten to mgm yet which just put up a bunch of promos like it is overwhelming how many promos there are and boosts there are for this weekend it's super exciting you know ev betting is is in full swing and 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 as strong as ever i would say right now um just with the overload of, of promos and boosts so all good things all right nick i wasn't too long there Eh, not too bad. And it seems like everyone's offering promos. I mean, I've been using prize picks, pro- promos, sleeper promos. I, it's been a pretty fun week getting back into sports gambling, using all the prop, playing all the props. Uh, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick feels bad that uh, he's in California missing out on all of these. <laughs> it, it really try, is. Trying to try, try to prop up like a taco. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I mean, it's the only way. It's imagine how tough it is doing this podcast, seeing all this potential income and just being like, God damn it. All I can do is take this $25 Dak Prescott over half a yard passing prop from prize. Yeah. Pick. The free square is pretty good. Yeah. I, 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 I just, I just did my play for that. Um, that is pretty good, but yeah, it's, it's not the, uh, it's not quite the same. Hopefully we get either you to New York sooner yeah, California like, legalizing soon, although I think that one's less likely. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Um, either way, let's. Uh, I think that's what we kind of had for the gambling landscape update. I was going to say the only other thing on the gambling landscape update that really stood out to me is the level of action that Colorado and Coach Prime are seeing. I saw a stat that there's more action not just on the Colorado game, on Colorado than there is on all 32 NFL teams combined. Um, and that's not a number of tickets. It said like the amount of float, which is just crazy that that much money is coming in on Colorado. It's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I know that all the money coming in on them means to take Nebraska, but it's so hard not to just want to jump on the bandwagon and ride with Coach Prime. What are you? Uh, are you staying away from that? Are you playing that game at all? 
So I, I liked TCU last week, and I said it here. Uh, I wasn't like an official play or anything. It was just something that I kind of liked. Um, I thought that taking so many transfers – I mean, I'm not necessarily against taking so many transfers, but I thought that the transfers they got were relatively underwhelming considering how good of a recruiter Dion is. And when I say how good of a recruiter he is, I mean, he, he got Travis Hunter, most notably the number one player in the country, to commit to Jackson State a year ago, and then he just got Cromani McLean. But otherwise, I felt like it was a lot of Jackson State guys, and um, I just thought going up against, you know, uh, defending national runner-ups, not that I was ever that high on TCU, at TCU, week one, it would be really difficult. Instead, it turned out to be absolutely electrifying. There's no, like, better personality to be a coach than Dion. They're... I mean, what was the final score? They scored like 50 points, which makes it as exciting. Right, 45 points, which makes it as exciting as possible, you know, when you have an offensive shootout like that. And then there was, to me, there, well, everyone says there were two superstars, which there were. Shador Sanders was incredible. Uh, Deion's son, who was the quarterback, broke all types of Colorado records. He, uh, Threw for over 500 yards. He was awesome. But Travis Hunter, you know, having a guy like that who plays both ways almost every snap, I thought him as a cornerback was ridiculous. Like, how in a 45 to 42 game do you feel like there's someone that they can't throw near without it potentially getting intercepted? I mean, he was insanely impressive to me. Um, so I, I just want to watch him every week. I want to watch Dion every week. I want to watch shootouts every week. Like, there's just so much to watch. I'm not surprised that everybody's fallen in love with this very quickly. And I think that they're going to be an absolute problem if if he stays there just because uh, of how well Dion was able to recruit without having any buzz. With this kind of buzz, I think it's going to be crazy. So, anyway. Have you seen anything about where Shea Dewar is going in mock drafts now? I have not. Where is he going? I saw him as high as the eighth pick in this next coming NFL wow. draft. That, uh, that one's crazier than Travis Hunter because Travis Hunter was the number one overall player. Like that was, it was an insane get. If, I'm assuming he's a sophomore because he was, I did not see him on any top, any first round draft picks, but I assume he's a 2020. Um, McLean would be a freshman. So Hunter has to be a sophomore. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he was committed to FSU for like two years. And FSU had the, the win of the weekend if, if it wasn't Colorado. So it's kind of uh, funny to think how, how good they might be if, if Travis was there. But, uh, but well, talking, uh, well, talking yeah. Colorado, I think that sets us up nicely to roll right into your perfect Saturdays. Um, we're on week two of your 14 perfect Saturdays. We're going to use this space as a place to preview what each Saturday schedule looks like, what games are the most fun to watch during each period, where you can watch them, what you should be wagering on. So just go ahead and run through. What are you most excited about early in the day? Nebraska, Colorado, kind of obviously. Uh, When's the kickoff for that? That's at 12. So that'll be the big early game. Uh, Colorado's minus three. They opened as basically pick them. Uh, I did take yesterday, or sorry, I guess it was Saturday night, Colorado over four and a half wins minus 150, which is like jumped up like almost a full uh, game at this point. But I, it, it was interesting to see how little the books reacted, to, especially Fandle, uh reacted to the Colorado game. Like I felt, you know, they were basically guaranteed to lose that game. I mean, they were, you know, 10 to 1 underdogs. So, yes, you have to add a win to their total. But it was so much more than that just because of it was a completely new team that we knew nothing about. So you, you almost have to assume that they're much better than we expected, uh, especially with that kind of quarter, quarterback play that we didn't really know we were going to get. So anyway, Nebraska-Colorado is at 12. Notre Dame-North Carolina State. Is also at twelve. NC State is 
you know, kind of a above average ACC team. Seemingly, uh, they struggled a little bit more than you would think with UConn. Uh, we one or zero, but uh, Notre Dame looked really sharp. Obviously, uh, they've got um, uh, Sam Hartman from Wake Forest year two uh, with the new coach. So, you know, Notre Dame could definitely be, I don't want to say a sleeper team, but they could definitely, we could see them in the playoff at some point. This will be their first real test at NC state. So those are the 12 o'clock games. Oh, Utah Baylor's also at 12. We got a good, got a good slate. Uh, Utah Baylor is also at 12 o'clock. Utah, obviously with the big uh, week zero win over or week one win over Florida uh, Baylor with the huge loss to Texas state. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And then let's go on to three 30 Ole Miss Tulane. This is a big game. I mean, Ole Miss, like we'll see, they could easily be a, a solid SEC team. Uh, Tulane could be a serious playoff threat. If they win this game, they're plus seven and a half. So they're not expected to, but you know, given their success last year and they're, they're ranked to start the year this this year if they kind of win their one tough game out of conference and i haven't looked at their schedule you kind of always circle these like one tough games for the group of five contenders because then they end up potentially undefeated at the end of the year started the year ranked and beat a good sec team so uh 330 and that'll be a fun game that'll be a shootout but the big 330 game is miami texas a&m uh a&m is minus three and a half they're playing in miami uh two teams that were insanely disappointing last year I like to reference the 247 college team talent to just get a, an idea of, of the you know high school recruiting talent on the roster. A&M, I believe, is number four, and I believe Miami is number 12. So you have two top 12 teams. They both looked really good in week one playing against not great teams, especially A&M. But two, two programs with a lot of talent that really disappointed last year that are hoping to turn around. I think the winner of this game is set up really well. Just, you know, LSU didn't look so good. A&M could be that sort of second team in, in, in the SEC West, third team in SEC, arguably, you know, Tennessee, if if they're coming off this win and, you know, they start looking ahead like, hey, we put last year behind us. We are top whatever in the country now, blah, 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 all of that. Miami, somewhat similar deal they could, you know, with this win, that'd be huge for their program. Would put the stink of last year behind them. Uh, Clemson didn't look as good. I know Clemson's on Miami's schedule. So, uh, and Duke is not, I guess, if that matters. So, Miami sort of looked to be like, hey, maybe we could be that second team in the ACC if Clemson's fallen off and, and maybe we're competing with Florida State, <laughs> which I don't know if, you, if they necessarily want to lose to their rival twice uh, in the year, but, you know, they could be a contender for that second spot in the ACC. So really, really big game at 3.30, the, the Texas A&M Miami game. Uh, that is the second biggest game of the day. I'm going to scroll past Iowa-Iowa State because any college football game with a 36 over-under, I don't want to watch. Um, and we are going to go to the big night game, which is Texas-Bama. People are starting to question Alabama a little bit. They um, have... Struggled for their standards the last year. I mean, they went like 11-2 last year. But now losing Bryce Young, there are definitely some doubts about them. Um, I'm pretty high on them. They're minus seven, seven and a half in this game. Texas, Steve Sarkeesian, year, I believe it's year three for him. Quinn Ewers, you know, big-time quarterback prospect. Texas recruits so well. They played them really tough last year. Probably should have won. Whoever wins that game is is, you know, kind of in a driver's seat of sorts to make the playoff. That'll be a, a huge, exciting game. And then kind of the last game I'll keep an eye on, although it's sort of tough to compete with the Texas-Bama game, is Oregon-Texas Tech. Uh, I was hoping you were going to go there. I'm yeah, excited. kind of a nice – I'm really excited about that one. I love Oregon minus six. I think that they're not getting the respect they deserve as one as one of the best teams. I think, I think people respecting Texas Tech a lot. Uh, they have some decent buzz about them. This year, but yeah, I mean, if this is this is if Oregon wins, I think that the Pac-12 has set themselves up really well to get a playoff team this year, which they haven't really had in a while. 
uh, in like a decent amount of years. I think since that Washington team. Uh, and but they have they Pac-12 hasn't lost a game yet. Utah beat Florida. Uh, I you know uh, all the Pac-12 teams have really shown themselves well. If they win this game, you you look at the Pac-12 as a team that you almost have to give a playoff team to as long as one is decently worthy. Uh, so if it's big for Oregon, it's big for the conference. If if they can if they can win this game, uh, and that is the perfect Saturday. Uh, there's nothing too too good in the night games. Yeah, excited to put that uh, that graphic together and get that out so everyone can see what you'll be watching and watch along with you. I think that was super helpful for me. I mean, I knew I wanted to watch. I'm a Wisconsin fan. I knew I wanted to watch Colorado, and then the rest of the day I was just checking your graphic to see what I should be watching throughout the day. Yeah, no, the Wisconsin-Washington State game is not too bad either. That's another one that uh... – Yeah, I'm pretty scared of Wisconsin on the road. We didn't look good at all against Buffalo. It was the kind of game where we were supposed to have this new passing attack, and the only thing we really did well was run the ball, and we didn't even do that right. that well. Um, and you already kind of knew that. The the Big Ten uh, – what's the bad side of the West? Ah, uh, Yeah. Yeah, the Big Ten West kind of stumbled out the gate, I would say. Not that the division's ever really done well, but Illinois did not look good against Toledo. Uh, Iowa didn't look good against Utah State. Wisconsin didn't look good against Buffalo. Obviously nothing too damaging, but it just, you know, it, 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 the, the, the championship game, the conference championship game in the Big Ten has been such a dud. Uh, buzz-wise and actual game-wise for so many years, uh, I think that uh, we might be headed that way again. So it was a little disappointing there, but it'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll be big again for for the Pac-12. They have a few games. I, I'm kind of interested there, just because when you get to the end of the year and you're looking at the playoff, it's you know the ACC looks like they only have one team that might be like eligible, basically, um, and then you have sort of the big. 12 which you know if texas if it's not texas i don't know if any team has like a really good shot there unless they're sort of a surprise team you know obviously tcu lost to uh to colorado which didn't do them any favors and then so then it like kind of bundles up to the sec and big 10 i doubt only two conferences get into the pac 12 looks like uh, a serious contender if they can continue to show well out of conference and then have a team sort of, you know, yeah, if USC or Oregon can continue to establish themselves as top teams, I think those are my two favorites from the Pac 12 to stop to find themselves in the playoff. But we've got a nice interview coming up. Do you want to tell everyone what they should be expecting here in the B block? And then we'll come back in the C for uh, a quick grinds my gears. Yeah, uh, so I, I actually did this interview with Prop Bomb this morning. Prop Bomb, you may know from his popular Twitter account. Uh, we had actually set this up a week ago before. He didn't tell me that he was going to do launch, launch his Discord, which I think made it a little bit more interesting or timely. But really, uh, I just wanted to hear, and I thought he did an awesome job, how he finds his props, especially the FIBA tournament. He had a crazy FIBA run. like. When you listen to him talk about all he goes through to find a play, it really shows you that there's, you know, I said this, like there's more than one way to skin a cat. And his hard work and and smarts uh, really has allowed him to be successful in this space and, and gain the, the platform he has. So I think people will find it really interesting. Like I was like, I mean, I don't want to spoil it too much. But I was like, holy crap. Like you do all of that to find like, a prop like that's really impressive um and he was doing all of that with the day job too so uh kudos to him and i think you guys will all like that um that interview um all right well let's kick to break and you'll get that interview coming up right after break i'm in love with mojo fantasy it's a crazy new app that turns sportsbook odds and selections into fantasy contests here's how it works there are thousands of nfl and mlb player props you build a portfolio, and the better your portfolio performs, the more cash you win. Pick as many props as you want and try and beat the crowd. Also, you can compare their lines to sportsbook lines to help yourself beat the crowd. Always EV bet. <laughs> anyway, it's that simple. Make picks, make moves, make money. 
Check it out on the App Store now. They're coming to more states and adding more sports soon. All right, so we have a special guest today. We have Prop Bomb, popular account on Twitter. Uh, I believe he has 117,000 followers. Uh, I've known him basically since the early days of my account. I've always thought that he uh, put out great work. Most of his plays focus on props, as you may imagine. He's kind of more of a straight better where it's you know one unit-ish each play. He finds a prop that he likes, and he, he's been putting it out on Twitter for the last, I believe, two years. Uh, prop bomb, welcome. Hey, how's it going, uh, the promo guy? It's great to be here. Um, it is exciting that we're in football season today, Thursday. We're recording this. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to, to talk a little bit and, and do this podcast with you. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Uh, so the funny thing is we had talked about this maybe about a week ago about doing it. And it was before, at least before I knew that you were about to launch a discord. Um, so this becomes a little bit more prevalent. Um, I guess we will get to that in a second. Why don't we just start with, uh, how you got started tweeting and, and finding plays. Like how'd you get started with the whole account? Yeah, that's a great question. Look, um, I've been kind of telling a lot of other a lot of people this um the roots and the elements that like the the background behind this is uh so I'm in my mid 20s and uh at the time when I first kind of got into like the sports type predictions world it was the I don't know if you remember this app on ESPN called Streak for the Cash uh, I've seen it yeah 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 it's like it's kind of like um ESPN com- gives out these props or like these, you know, how many points will Steph Curry score or like who will win this German soccer match or football match or whatever. And essentially yeah. like the, the goal of it is to just continue to um, just build a, build upon a win streak and you're just going against like the top people. So, I mean, st- stuff like that is kind of where it started. And then um, it evolved to uh, daily fantasy sports um, this is kind of like with FanDuel and sports and DraftKings before they actually became a sports book. So it was just a daily fantasy app. And um, I was I was killing it. You know, I was doing it kind of like as like a sophomore and junior in college when I first started. Um, and then uh, props kind of became a thing. I mean, it, it wasn't so it wasn't such a uh, saturated market at that point. So when I entered in, I was kind of like one of the like the OGs in, <laughs> doing the props. And um, I found that my skills in the daily fantasy grind. And what I mean by that is just like focusing on player statistics, knowing um, values, knowing uh, buy lows and sell sell highs, like knowing the, the expensive price players that are in great matchups, like all of that type of skills and, and, and um, things that I've learned kind of on that, daily fantasy journey was just uh, transferable in the prop market um and uh i ultimately decided to to go through with it and um i was really i, I mean i'm natural at it and it's it's so fun every single day waking up and and finding new props and and doing the process all over again yeah that that's very interesting so you've been kind of betting in some shape or form for for a lot of years now and uh obviously with the advent of you know, legalized sports betting taking off, uh, you know, people are now able to sort of see your skills. Um, so speaking of what, what I really reached out to you for was because you were going crazy or have been going <laughs> crazy in FIBA. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, and it might not, it might be a stale number, but uh, you were 20 <laughs> and five, right? On FIBA props. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you kidding me, man? Like that was so fun and it still is. Unfortunately, we got two more game, two more uh, days of feeble left before the tournament is over. But I mean, that kind of took on its life, took on a life of its own. Um, It's been so fun diving into it, but yeah, you're right. I was at one point 20 and five and I, and I won like 12 straight FIBA props in a row, which is insane. 
Yeah, um, I was following. <laughs> I was like, I was like, and they weren't even close. There were first half cashes for the overs, or I think my favorite one, if I'm not, did you have Evan Fournier under 18 and a half points? And oh, got, yeah, and yeah. And you got two? Yeah, yeah. I think that that's was like, that's when I was, was like, all right, I, I need to hear about this. But since we've had this schedule on the books, uh, I've been paying closer attention. You know, it's, it's tough for me. It's kind of a busy day to try and get uh, your plays in on time. But uh, there was one. I seriously don't know his name. I don't I, I think, I think maybe a Serbian player. It was some guy under like three and a half assists and or like under 11 and a half points. Like some not main player does, definitely doesn't play in the NBA um, for an underdog country. Guys under points and or under assists. Again, I don't remember exactly what it was. Okay. How in the world do you find that? Like, what does your process look like when you have three games of FIBA data? You have, sure, the the guy probably plays on, you know, uh, in some semi-major league in in Europe. But how, how do you even sit down to start thinking about what his point line should be? Or the assist line, much less. Yeah, I always kind of tell people, um, looking at the stats, uh, and this is something that like I, it was a mistake in my earlier type career with NBA and um, that type of related sports is like looking at the stats does not tell you the full story with things. Um, you start to learn a lot more um, about the natural game of basketball and, and football when you actually watch it. So, and and then the issue started to become was that you know, living in the Eastern coast, um, these games are in, you know, the, are being held in Philippines and, and like <laughs> these games are on at like four forty-five in the morning, six in the morning. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I was not watching these games cause it's, I mean, you'd be crazy to, to stay no, up, to course. be up that early. <laughs> so, um, a lot of that kind of came with, um, thank, thank God for the internet and, and having free, um, three replays of these things and the things that i like to really watch is not just like the, the full game highlights that you see on youtube but actually kind of just watching the whole game play out not just seeing all the makes but also seeing the misses like okay he was close there kind of a thing and and that's kind of like how i started to learn about these type of um foreign players that were not in the nba um, uh, you know, guys like Roke, Roke, Rokas, Joko Baetis and Lithuania. Um, you start to like, kind of like it first, it kind of is like, you want to get, you want to familiar, familiarize yourself with them. Um, I didn't really know too much about these players, but, um, you know, that's what you kind of have Google for. Like you, you go on Google news, wow. it's like you read like the, like the, you know, the beat reports or like the, um, you know, you have like these, like if you're an, if you're looking for an Italy prop, you have like these passionate um, you know, reporters for that live in Italy that, you know, follow the team closely. Yes, the article may be in Italian, but that's why you have Google Translate. And, you know, it's just, it's right, just right, reading. And it's, it's, it's a really cool um, wow. process of just like familiarizing yourself. And, um, and yeah, so like watching the games, like I don't really, and that's the thing too. It's like, you know, you may see on a scoreboard or that Austin Reeves has like, you know, three straight games of having 12 plus or more points, but then it's like, okay, let's look into what, how he got there. And okay. This one game, he had 12 points, but nine of them came from free throw. So like, was it really an efficient 12 points right. or was it just like, okay, I mean, he got lucky there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been kind of doing all that stuff. Um, been making a lot of cool friends on Twitter and um, it's, I've been kind of getting an Italian, I mean, not an, I'm sorry, an international presence um, from doing these FIBA props. And at first I thought I was just going to do maybe four or five and then just kind of wait till football starts. But then like I got off to the seven and oh run and right. you know, it's, it just became addicting. So, you know? so, so you're obviously working a lot harder than most people are to find, you know, these international players, profiles and and being able to cap them right uh mm-hmm. do you spend all of that time because you think it's i mean obviously someone enjoy it but it's it's a grind more than anything else yeah uh do you find that fiba or like less heavily bet on players and props are maybe easier to find edges on rather than spending that same time say on nfl not that you're not but do you find it easier to attack like a FIBA prop versus, you know, you find them more off rather than 
uh, a, a more crowded space, the NBA, the NFL? Yeah, excellent, excellent question. Um, I think there's pros and cons with it. Um, the pros is absolutely you're going to find an edge. Um, no one, I would say maybe 10% of people on gambling Twitter are interested in betting on FIBA. And because of that, like, there's not too much market and, and volume going into into the props there. So, yeah. um, and also like people, and then like the 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 uh, bookmakers that are actually making the lines. I mean, are they really watching the games? Like with football and basketball, you have the availability, and it's like during times when you're awake, when you could actually watch it. I mean, these games are again are on when times when people are asleep. So, I mean, these lines are pretty much just based off stats, and, and you have an A right there. Um, so there's a huge exploitation there and an advantage that someone that actually follows um, can actually, you know, do do really well with. Um, I would say like the one negative though is that because it's such a small market, you know, I and, and what I've kind of noticed too is that like every time when I would take a prop or like take take a position, mm-hmm. the market, like the lines would kind of just like change instantly. And it's just because of uh, just like the volatility and and yeah, like yeah, they, they know see, they know yeah, where they're they, they know they where know they're it. vulnerable. It's such and, a niche market, you know. And they have no interest. So, like the way I think about it is for NFL, if a bunch of people go go in and bet on you know Patrick Mahomes under passing yards, they're going to be like, we feel good about it. We'll we'll take yeah. our big like whatever. But if if they're if some if everybody takes the under assists for whatever guy you just named that uh, <laughs> I I don't remember. Uh, they're going to be like, oh, we must be wrong on this. Like, we have no interest in, in holding a big position, and our vig is irrelevant if we're two assists off. Correct, correct. So, yeah, that's why, I mean, I, I like to, to tell people, you know, I've had JD and Kenny on where it's like there are more, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I, I'm a firm EV guy, believe in a lot of EV process, believe in all the EV process, basically, you know, as long as you're doing it right. But that doesn't mean it's the only way. And, and we sort of, EV relies on sharp people creating saturated markets, creating efficient markets. So when you go and, and take, you know, so-and-so's under points and then the line moves two points, that line is now more efficient than it was. But, and, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't be profitable on the way. You found a, a points line that was two points off, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I find this really interesting and and really like your your answer is hard work <laughs> that that that's what has helped you build your platform that is what has helped you you know be profitable on FIBA and such and such like that but you know if you don't mind there were times in the last two years a lot yeah. less frequently recently where you, you had some some pretty tough streaks and Absolutely. one of the things one of the things I really respected about you or respect about you um, but hopefully we don't have another one of those anytime soon is how you handled yourself during those times where every day you recapped on Twitter, uh, you updated your units, what, you know, even if, even if they became down on the season and you had a ton of trolls in your replies and, you know, for, for a young guy, like you said, you're in your mid twenties, uh, that's a really hard thing to handle. And, you know, we've had conversations about that and, I think that people often not like the woe is me type thing, but I think a lot of people fail to realize like it's tough putting yourself out there, uh, especially I think it's harder to do what you do rather than what I do because I'm just, I can hide behind the math um, where you're saying this is a good play and you know now you have 100,000 people that you're telling that to and when it goes wrong, like everybody sees that. Uh, how do you feel like you've been able to handle that you know over your two years you know is that something you've grown accustomed to is it something that you are scared of when you put out props like you know how do you go about dealing with all of the highs and lows that come with being a popular twitter account that gives out plays every day and recaps every day which is which is a difficult thing to do time-wise and uh and just mentally yeah thank you for for bringing that up um yeah you know there, uh, you know, as you probably see with FIBA, it's been incredible, right? Like 28% ROI, like killing it. But, you know, when I first started, you know, one or two years ago, 
I had an I did actually or three years ago, I did actually have an, a negative unit NBA season or and I did have cold stretches where I just couldn't hit things. Um and I know that the process is right. And it yeah, definitely um those type those times uh, when I first started at least, I started to become like, you know, emotional about it and like I didn't really know like, oh, maybe I, maybe it's like I am doing something wrong and I kind of self-doubted myself. But um you know, like those are kind of like times so when you, when you tried it. to climb out of that was a lot of it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. What were you about no, to say? I was going to say, when you, when you, when you tried to, when you did try to climb out of that, how much did you change your process versus understand that, you know, you're, you're, you're betting relatively small edges and, and that sometimes they run hot, sometimes they run cold and it'll even out and end up in your favor. Like it does basically every season yeah um i think it takes a few like long streaks to, to change my process maybe like five or six won't change the process but like if there is like a while okay maybe i kind of have to like go back to the drawing board and say oh, maybe, maybe i am doing something wrong but um i really do think that like in in the period of like adversity you really start to like learn a lot about yourself and you know like when if you're able to like mentally like just be in the right place like in the lowest more lowest moments like it's crucial in the long run so so yeah i mean you know i would start in the beginning of the stages like i would always be taking overs and i'm like maybe i should start changing things up let me let me take some unders now and like and like now i'm kind of like known as like the under under guy <laughs> like right. whenever whenever i put out props like that's a thing um then i start you know it's like certain things that maybe you learn maybe it's like oh i kind of like Oh, I mean, maybe I maybe I t I thought too much about this prop. Like, okay, I understand why it lost, but yeah, I mean, it's just a it's just a growing process. Like, now I'm 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 aware that you know, it's it's not gonna like not happen. I'm sure I'm gonna go on a, like a losing streak eventually. I'm not gonna be perfect. I'm not gonna be you know. I I know I will. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know we we all gotta be like you know real with ourselves, right? And it's just about knowing how to handle yourself when that time comes and. Um, you know, look, when, if it does happen, I, I got to kind of just look at the long term and, and the outlook of things and, and not try to like make my money back. Like that same yeah. day, just kind of build, you know, just go 1% better every day, build everything. Um, yeah. Look at one things at a time, you know? Yeah. One, one, one thing that I, I think you're, you're very good at, and I think it, it's where it helps that you are one of the younger guys in the space is that you are very open to feedback to collabing like you know very much yeah. there are other voices out there that are smart too and i can i can make myself better i know we've we've talked in the past about like you would put out an sgp and, and you would ask me you know how should i think about these two odds and what the the parlayed odds should be and stuff like that so um i think that a lot of your you know I, like i said at the beginning you've always been it's always been very clear that you were able to find edges, but I do think that you've been able to, you know, take your ability to and your hard work, frankly, of being able to, to you know, decipher through all this stuff and turn it into more efficient plays, mix in some unders, you know, move towards, you know, better usage of the props. And, and that, you know, I, I do think that has uh, a lot to do with your success. So I, I think that uh, it's not just all the, the hard work you've done, you know, Google translating Italian articles, but uh, but also just your your willingness to to talk with others, your willingness to sort yeah, of yeah. You know, keep keep getting better. Um, okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was this week you announced you are uh, creating a subscription Discord, which I think is overdue, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. mostly because. Well, one, you work so hard, you deserve to make some money off it. But I actually think that the people that are actually trying to tell your plays uh, should see this as a positive because with 117,000 followers doing FIBA props, like <laughs> how long do these plays last? Like you said, it feels like it's almost instant, oh, right? It's not even, it's not even so, like yeah, five seconds you can go without it being there. I mean, it, it just became unbearable. Like it was extremely yeah I'll, I'll, I'll let you go but like yeah i just remember like this that evan fournier prop at least like that under 18 and a half pra i have that out there and it's like 10 seconds it's gone you know <laughs> like right and so it, it becomes sort of a situation where 
you're like, I don't want to have a Twitter account. I don't want to speak to you. I don't want to have a Twitter account where people just see how I'm doing, right? Like, like what good does that do anybody? And obviously, there are people getting the plays in, or you're you're following win and grow, and you know you can see in the the replies that everybody's excited when when you win. But I think it's a lot more helpful for the people that are trying to get your plays in if these aren't posted on Twitter and instead they go to a smaller you know Discord server. I know that's something that I have uh, been very happy about since making the change. Obviously, my following has grown, but you know, the people that, that pay are able to get plays in a lot quicker and, and have better access to them because it is hard to have plays stay up the way they do, right? And for me, I, I post replacements because there are promos attached, but for you, there really isn't that opportunity. So I think that this will be, I think that people will be thrilled that you did this within a month, right? Just the, the ones that are the true prop bombers, which are the ones that would sign up anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but I know this was a tough decision for you. Uh, you have a job that you enjoy, kind of similar to, to, you know, how I went about it towards the end. You know, had a Twitter account for a little while, had a job that I enjoyed, didn't think I would leave it. But here you are. Am I, am I okay to say that tomorrow is your last day of work? Yeah, you could, you could say that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. So how did you ultimately decide okay, I'm ready to take the plunge. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, this has kind of been like a three, four year experience with, with the prop bomb Twitter account. And then also, um, balancing that, that nine to five job, not that many people knew knew I was doing, people probably thought I was doing these props full time. And, um, I just kind of like, I saw like the success that I was having the prop bomb account and the time that I was able to put in like was kind of minimal to like what I really should be putting in um, and like the potential that it had. So like during, during like the weekdays, man, I would have to find pockets of time to devote to things. And like, I just started to realize that um, what I enjoyed more was, and, and what I had the passion for more was, was the prop bomb. And what I saw a career more with was also like the prop bomb. And, um, I just knew that I think it, I just knew that it, and confident enough to say that it was time to kind of like take that leap. Look, like I, you know, you kind of said earlier, I'm always open to feedback. And, and I had a lot of like these cut type of like serious calls with other type of people in the community and, you know, what, what's the right thing to do. Um, they, you know, I, I kind of had these thoughts of like doing this, this prop bomb full-time thing like years ago, but yeah, this was always hesitant of taking that leap. Um, and then kind of like, you know, a moment came where like a, a moment of clarity came and I'm like, look, I'm, I'm ready to do this. I don't want to turn back and, and I'm excited to see where this goes. And, and that happened, uh, last week. And, you know, I, I, um, I, you know, resigned, put in my two week notice. Like I left in good standings, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and now like, I'm I, I have so much more time, um, devoted to researching and I'm going to have a lot more time, like putting out more quality plays, like, it it is going to be um amazing to see what this can what this can take and and you know the future that this holds um so so yeah yeah i mean, I'm, I mean I'm really excited for you cause I, sorry no i thought you were done sorry keep going oh yeah no go ahead yeah but i was just like yeah so um that kind of like was a small type of like part of the decision that wanted me to kind of go that um I guess like VIP or whatever route is because like, I, you know, like I know that my time now is, is, is going to be, I'm going to have a lot more time and I want to like bring together. I I know how many, there's so many like amazing messages I get. Um, Of course there's like trolls and whatnot, but like there's so many amazing messages I get from people on, in my messages. And like, I want to, I wanted to find a way to like bring all those people together. And so this way they could like, you know, interact with each other and kind of just build like, um, you know, like a, a, a community. Um, and um, that's kind of like, you know, a driving factor on, on why that account was created, uh, the VIP and, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can say that you are definitely truly one of the people who like tries and finds smaller accounts and create a community. Um, so I'm very happy for you. I know how hard not only the decision has been for you, but also just how hard you've been working doing both, right? I mean, yeah, everyone here now has heard, you know, what you went to just to find a couple of FIBA props, uh, and to do that with a nine to five job and you and all of the work that you do on action, 
um, mm-hmm. writing up articles and and uh, and stuff. So like that's that's a that's a really long work week, and you do it on the weekends too. So I, I'm I'm happy for you to, to that you'll be able to gain some flexibility and focus on what you truly want to do. Another thing I wanted to ask Prop Bomb is uh, now that you are moving to Discord, how are you going to sort of juggle? your action articles, your Twitter account, like what's going, what's going to remain free for people. And then what goes on, on those versus what goes in the, you know, the, the discord. Yeah. So right now um, I'm just focused for NFL right now. I don't really have an idea uh, so said for NBA, but for NFL, what the plan is, is I probably expect to have like nine to 10 props a week. Um, I know that it's going to start dying down like as like week 17 or 18 come, but you know, I expect to have that type of number. And um, my commitment with action is, is just to have um, up to three articles a week. So, um, you know, three of those nine plays will, will be free and public for everyone to see on Twitter and, and to read. And then there's, Remaining six plays um, are going to go exclusively to my Discord. Um, and then, you know, in the end, just like how I've been with everything, everything will be transparently uh, recapped. So probably like 30% is like free and like the rest right. uh, kind of the thing. Just it's 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 going to be an interesting way to interesting thing to, to see how that balance works. But I do have the idea set up like to be yeah, framed no, like that. That makes sense. I, I think it's good to to still have um, free content out there, especially if action pays you for it. Um, and, you know, you'll sort of figure out a nice equilibrium as you, as you move on with this. So uh, I think that'll be, that'll be good. Are you going to track Twitter, like the action or Twitter plays separately or, or just, or just bunch them all together? Yeah. Yeah. Everything will be, everything will be bunched all together. Um, Got it. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, one last thing before I let you go. NFL season is here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're going to be very active this NFL season like you have in past seasons. And you're not much of a futures guy. But do you have anything that like you're eyeing closely this year, sort of specific players? Because, you know, I know your sort of process is like kind of riding guys, either unders or overs. Do you have any guys that you're looking at? Do you have any season long stuff that you're focused on for NFL? Like, I had a feeling this question was going to come up. Actually, it's funny. Um, yeah, I I don't really have so said future bets, but um, I do like I like Miles Garrett to win um, Defensive Player of the Year. I think like them the Browns bringing in Zadarius Smith as the other pass rusher um, is going to free up. Um, is gonna is gonna is gonna have less double teams on him, and he's gonna you know be able to do what he what he's on the team for, and get those sacks. So I think he's gonna he's in for a great year on the Cleveland Browns. Um, I love Zay Flowers on the Baltimore Ravens. I think he he could come out maybe week two, week three as um, the the number one weapon um, in the in the receiving corps, like next to Mark Andrews. So I like him for um, offensive. Uh, you know the the, the most the, the most uh, re- yeah mo- no uh, most receiving yards for a rookie I like that for Zay nice. Flowers. Um, couple of guys that like I'm on. Um, I have Jahan Dotson on the Commanders on all of my fantasy teams. I, I love his outlook this season with a with a quarterback change and and Sam Howell. Um, let's see in the top of my head love Darren Waller love Dar- I have so much exposure of Darren Waller um <laughs> there's so much uncertainty with like who who um Daniel Jones is throwing to but you know great news great preseason news but other than that yeah I'm, I'm more of just like a week to week better so um awesome. yeah I'm, I am super excited for the season well all right well thank you so much this is this is really fun and uh you know hopefully informative for people you can check Prop bomb out on Twitter. You can check out his uh, action articles and his aforementioned Discord. Uh, he is on WAP as well, so it's the same. It's the same platform uh, that I've been using. Prop bomb, thank you so much. Really appreciate it, and congratulations again. Enjoy your last. Thank you for having me. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, and again, guys, the the WAP. It's fifteen a month, fifty cents a day. I don't think it's anything. And and come join the vibes. <laughs> cool man. All right, have a good one, buddy. All right, see ya.
Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that interview. For you, uh, it's been 25 minutes or so. For me, it's been about 10 seconds since I said we were cutting to the original break. Uh, so I think we're just going to get into Grinds My Gears and, and call it a day. Uh, Nick, that sound good to you? Yeah, you tell me. What's got you worked up today? You know what really grinds my gears? So I was going to do rounded run totals, which I did maybe the first ever episode or one of the first ever episodes because it really ticks me off that that they still haven't fixed it. And now for football, I'm looking at SGPs where minus three and minus two and a half gets you the same exact thing on, on Fanduel and Caesars, which is still a huge deal for football. Like how, how this is happening on Fanduel and Caesars, two of our industry leaders in year whatever of sports legal sports betting legalization and now it's been probably a year since i reached out to them about it and reached out to the gaming commission about it and it's been many months that i've publicized it so it's just amazing that there's no pressure on them to fix it and that they just screw you on rounded run totals or rounded point totals and lines but that is not what's particularly grinding my gears today cue the graphic you know what really grinds my gears? It's this Gervin Dexter story. For those of you who didn't see it, uh, Gervin Dexter played at Florida, who was embarrassed enough this weekend. But he signed an NIL deal with some company right while he was at Florida. And in his contract, he had to give up 15% of his NFL earnings through year 25. So for 20, you know, so he had to give up 15% of his NFL earnings as part of this NIL deal. He says he didn't know about it. I believe him because who in their right mind would sign that? Uh, shame on, I mean, I think the most shame on the company, obviously. That's super scummy thing to do. I don't know how they thought this was going to work out. I, I know he's suing, but I don't know anything about the company. Are they so? Are they worth so little that 15% of his earnings would be like, you know, driving their whole company? And, and this is the whole plan because this is horrific publicity that would obviously get out. Uh, shame on his agent for not catching that. I, he said, he, I think I saw in the story that he has an agent. Be thorough. I'm going to assume that he didn't see it. Um, so that... Shame on him. Embarrassing. I'm sure this this is a, a really tough look for him or her. I shouldn't assume that the agent's a guy. And then shame on UF. Uh, I think the way most of these NIL things work is the school kind of helps put it together. If it's not the actual university, it's sort of like uh, subsets of the university that sort of form and, and help the, the players get NIL deals. I think, the, the, I mean, the, and the coach is usually, usually the football program is, is helpful in sort of uh, putting them together and having a financial value assigned to players. Uh, so I, I would say that you have like, you have to do your due diligence on a company that you're, that you're connecting a kid with, like you can't connect a kid with that. And if, and if you, weren't involved with that, like you should oversee it, you should be checking things, maybe have someone that helps read over the contracts, helps putting put putting him with the right agents. Like this is a huge drop of the ball. It's a terrible look for like for NIL and college football, which I support NIL and college football. There's no reason why players have their jerseys sold or have their autographs sold in it. They're not seeing any money as a part of it. Uh, so yeah, this guy should get paid whatever he was doing for their company, whether it's ads or nothing. And it was really just the school paying him. Like I'm, I'm happy he got paid, but it's hard for us to, to have the system when kids, when it, it somehow ends up being worse for the kid than if he had never signed it. So I doubt he got paid what a second round pick would expect to get paid in lifetime NFL earnings. And Dexter was a five-star player. Like he expected to have an NFL career. It's not a surprise that he's a second round pick. So awful all around. I feel bad for, for, for the kid. I hope this all gets turned around. I hope that everyone that let it happen was a part of it is shamed. And that's what really grinded my gears uh, today. Yeah, NFL right now kind of feels like gambling a few years ago. I mean, honestly, gambling still. It's just very much the Wild West. And they're 
without the right agents in place that these kids trust. There's definitely a lot of shady movers in that space. And there's definitely a lot of space for kids to get taken advantage of. And you just hope to see the schools get more involved, the NCAA potentially get more involved. And getting involved doesn't mean putting dollars in their pocket. I think they've gotten more than enough of that. I think it's just making sure that there's some level of oversight and a few checks and balances when kids sign these NIL deals to make sure that the school has a lawyer who can help look them over and like just make sure that no one's getting taken advantage of. Um, there should be some level of due diligence. Um, but I, I think that it's so brand new and it's doing so much good for these players. There will be a story like this that comes out every now and then where it's just not working out as well as you would like it to in, in favor of the player. But um, hopefully they find a way to start uh, putting in some checks and balances. Agreed. All right. Well, thanks everybody for the show, uh, for listening to the show. Uh, one last reminder that through Sunday, uh, if you sign up for the Discord, it, it goes towards the Dinger Tuesday charity fund. So uh, if you're going to sign up, make sure you uh, you do it by Sunday. Uh, also, you absolutely should with football here. Uh, all right. We will uh, see you guys next week. Thanks, everyone. Good job, TBG.